You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett and I'm so pumped you're here and we're going to keep bringing value to you. Today, I've got our operations director, lead practice coach, and one of our members of our leadership team, Christina Byrne. She's brilliant. And we talk about how to set your fees correctly and the inherent challenges that most dentists have. And we give you a plan, a step-by-step plan on how to do it correctly. So check it out. I know you'll enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, number one, thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. And as always, our goal is to make your life just a little bit better and your practice a little bit better. So if you're on a drive, you're cutting the grass, you're cleaning the garage, which I love to do. That's one of the things I do kind of well. Um, You know, my hope is like every little bit gives you a, a little, you know, a little bit more energy for your practice in your life. And that's what it's all about. And I have the director of operations. Like I should sound a trumpet when you walk into the room, Chris, because you make our lives better. Christina Byrne on today. We're going to be talking about how to set your fees correctly, because if you're a dentist, you don't. And we want to help. Please just listen. Don't do it the way everybody else does it. Do it the right way. So Chris, thanks for being on. Hey, no problem. Happy to be here. All right. So I want everybody to know who you are first. Like (laughs) you're not just Chris, like you're the person that keeps everything in order around here. Like I go on vacation, you guys, everybody needs a Chris, can't have mine, but like you, you got like you go on vacation, you come back, things are done, things are orderly. And so Chris, you run the operations here. You're the operations director. You're also a pretty amazing coach. So give us a little bio. Who are you? Yeah. So, um, well, yesterday was my eight year anniversary at ACT. So that's exciting. And, um, I, I have a few coach, a few coaching clients, um, but mostly I'm putting my focus into director of operations and that includes events. It includes coaching. It includes, uh, so many things, so many aspects of ACT Dental, but I love it. I just really love the, the new role that I'm in and, um, it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. And so you guys can't see this, but I actually have a picture of Pigpen next to me from the Peanuts gang because I leave a cloud of dust everywhere. And Chris, we joke, cleans it up, you know, so, uh, or keeps us on. 
And, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about this. So you and I were just chatting about like why this is so important. Your fees are crazy important in your dental practice. Let's talk about the fundamental problem that most dentists have. Because we coach a lot of practices all over the country. And when we start with them, they're like, you know, often the question is, how'd you set your fees? They go, well, I don't know. My buddy charges this much or whatever. So what's the inherent problem with fee structure? I think the inherent problem is that we don't really we'll go we don't look at what it actually costs to provide that service to the patient right. and we're just picking a fee out of the air because it sounds good or looks good or you know we don't want the patient to complain about it um, but we don't take into account all that is involved in that procedure the high quality of materials that you're using the high level of expertise that you you expect from your team if you're sending them for training let's say you got a new scanner or, or you're using a 3D printer, you've had to do multiple hours of training on that where you've traveled. And, and so we need to accommodate those, that, those um, hours of take training and upgrading technology and high quality materials and, and charge a full or a fair fee for that service. Right. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, 25 years of doing this, you hear from the best minds on how this works. A lot of times early in my career, it was like your fee is not based on the procedure. It's based on your care, skill and judgment, which I absolutely agree with. And we're going to go a little bit more scientific than that today and actually base it a little bit more on the business. Another thing, I'll get a little wild here and just put this out there. We have a lot of dentists now that are doing really great aesthetic or composite work, which means they're not spinning down teeth anymore. And they're still charging appropriate fees. Like, you know, they're very clear that I'm creating an outcome for a patient and it's a very important one. So this is not just like spinning down a tooth, comparing it to another practice in which dentists are spinning down teeth. So I want you to keep that in mind is like, you're creating of value for patients. Mm -hmm. And what you have to do is put a time to it or a fee to it that helps your business be profitable. You feel good about it. And it, it, it appropriately matches your expertise in this mm -hmm. respect. And so, um, let's go through this, Chris, because, um, you know, we we're just talking about like a, a couple challenges today, like, or, or just even this week on why fees just get messed up. And I'll throw the first one in the room is like, they don't even know what their fee schedule is or the last time they touched it. And if they did, it was usually a friend or a suggestion from somebody else, right? Right. Or, or they do it on a one-off, right? Like one day they, you know, the doctor might be sitting there and, just, and the lab bill crosses his or her desk and they're like, oh my gosh, the lab fee is so high. Let's raise our crown fee. You know, like that, that's just such a reactionary way to do it and not really thinking about what everything, what's involved. So, so under, having an understanding of everything that's involved most of our doctors are doing high-end work, like you said, and you know you have to consider, am I spending time talking to specialists? Am I in the lab myself, in my own lab, in my office, articulating the models and doing all of this? So all of that plays into it. And yes, the lab fee does too, but it shouldn't be a reaction to the lab fee. It sh you, you sh that shouldn't even be a part of it. That you should have already thought of before and incorporated that into the fee. And the time that's involved and all the materials, everything that you're doing. Um, and also looking at 
you know, what is appropriate in your area. Um, we have access to the NDAS, which is the National Dental Advisory Service fees. And what it is, it's a nationwide average with modifiers dependent on your zip code. And so we're able to plug in your zip code and get every ADA code that that comes through with, with a range of fees that goes anywhere from the 40th percentile to the 95th percentile. And so that's that in, a, in and of itself is another um, thing that you have to think about. Where do you want to be on that scale? Right. Um, we have several doctors who um, we look at their their fees, their usual fees that they're charging to every patient, and they're not even in the 40th percentile. So we're, we're losing out right there. Um, and, and, you know, even if, even if you tell me 50% of your practice is PPO, that still gives you 50% opportunity to get your full fee from the other patients who aren't. Yeah. Let's talk about that too. So, I mean, if you're taking, if you're not taking notes at home, don't worry, we're taking notes for you. You can flip up to the notes. Number one would be just get involved with the NDAS. If you're struggling with this, you can reach out to us. We can, but it's a real simple thing. It takes a couple minutes and you can see how you compare. And really there is some low hanging fruit that you can do. There are great practices that have been a great education, you know, like Panky Dawson, Koi Spear. And I'm like, dude, you're in the 40th percentile. You should not be doing this. And you're paying really expensive lab fees. And now you can see that'll help. So that's one piece of it. The second piece of it is, is I want you to talk about that balance too. That go back to that. You you guys might be listening. You're like, okay, well, 50% of my practice is Delta or whatever. And half of it is fee for service. Well, you still have to look at how those combine for mm -hmm. overall profitability, right? Because sometimes we, we coach offices that are like, no, we're really happy with our fees. Well, they don't understand. Like, it's not enough money on the other side, right? right? right. So talk about right. that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you have, let's say you do have 50% PPO, that's fine. Let's, we could still increase our fees. Yes, your adjustments are going to go up too, but on your non-Delta patients or your non-PPO patients, you will be able to get your full fee, which is good because if you think about your, your schedule, you have your highest compensated team members doing the work for pennies, basically, right? I'm talking about your hygiene team. Right. And oftentimes what happens, even if you're completely fee for service, I will find this too, is that doctors are hesitant to raise their hygiene fees because they are fees that people see often. So they are considered what, what we would say inflexible fees where you don't want to raise them every other month and you don't want to raise them by 20 or $30 for, you know, every exam, profi and bite wings, but they should, you should do something to get them incrementally up to at least the 60th to 70th percentile because, because you're losing on that procedure. Yeah. All right. We're going to open up a can of worms because Chris is know, really smart. So you use the word inflexible. I love this. So you guys got to hear this. So what do you, what do you mean by that? It just, it, it means that you want to be careful about how you're increasing that fee um, because it is a fee that a patient sees every six months. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to raise it every six months. You know, some fees you can do that to get yourself up to a higher level. Um, and you also, you have to be careful about how much you raise it because if you, 
you know, let's say your hygiene fees, you raise each one of them by $20, that could be a $60 to $80 increase for the patient. And we have to be mindful of that. We have to think about what does what is that going to look like to the patient. So I'm all for doing those inflexible fees incrementally. And again, they're, that's your exam, it's your profi, it's your bite wings, it's your fluoride, the things that patients see on a you know, on an every six month basis or so. Um, but your flexible fees, that's where you have room to really make some tangible differences and, and some, you know, really increase the potential impact to your practice. So if my crown fee is in the 40th percentile today at, let's just say $900, and if I want to get to the 60th percentile, that means increasing it to $1,199, I would say go for it because chances are your your patients are not having a crown every six months, right? Yeah. If they are, then we have to have another conversation. <laughs> For sure. Why? Yeah. So, you know, my first, I have a couple of thoughts as Chris is talking. Number one, if you're already like overwhelmed because Chris is really smart and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Don't worry. We have a fee balancing tool that we created because this is even complex for us as we're coaching. And we want to be able to, you know, do this really the right way every single time and keep it as simple as possible. So that's one thing. And the second thing, Chris, I think you can attest to this, like any doctor we're coaching, once they see this, they're like, oh my goodness. And then they always raise their fees. And their first thought is, if I raise my fees from $900 to $1,300, everyone's going to say no. And so like, we've been doing this a long time. How many practices have died and patients have run out of an office when a dentist raise, raises a flexible fee? Like whatever happens. Well, they don't. And um, and if they do, then those patients are probably not a good fit for you anyway. Right. But we talk about, you know, so this is not an isolated procedure that you're going to do, doctor. You're not going to just go in and raise the fees and not tell anybody. There, there are steps to doing this. So the first thing I would say is put a date on the calendar for one of your team meetings and talk about it with your team. Right. You have to have this conversation. Your team has to know this is what we're going to do. We're going to increase our fees. And this is why, right? We want to continue to provide the best level of care for our patients. We want to continue to use the highest quality materials, the best labs. I want to be able to send you for continuing education so that we can increase our technology and our procedure base and, and do the latest procedures on these patients. So, so that's why we want to increase the fees. So you have to have your team behind you because ultimately, what's going to happen is they're going to hear the fee the patient is and then they're going to ask is you know that's a lot of money or would it, why you know why is it so much money or why did doctor raise his fees so your team has to be equipped with that verbal skill to answer the question confidently and not you know not just say i don't know <laughs> absolutely Wait, now that's a big piece of it. So once you figure out like financially where your fees need to be and you've used all of these tools and you're like, okay, that's the ballpark for where our tools are. Now we've got to equip the team. And I like to refer to it as value interpretation. It's a concept that Nito Cobain taught me years ago. He's like, you, you just can't give people fees. You have to create enough value through your verbal skills to help them understand this is not the normal 
type of situation. What we're going to do is do something very special. And you guys, if you're listening, you experience this all the time. You go to a great Italian restaurant, especially in New York or New Jersey, they say words like prosciutto, you know, like they spend a lot of time verbally interpreting what you're going to order. And you're like, wow, that's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you think, well, that's the first thing. You think. The second thing you're going to think is this is not going to be cheap because that sounds freaking amazing. So the same thing applies in your practice, but team members are not equipped with these verbal skills. So can you talk about like the calibration that happens, you know, that's so important and how to do this? Like, how do we do this? For sure. For sure. Um, you know, one of the biggest pieces that we can change immediately, and it's not even just a word, it's a mindset is move. Don't even say fee anymore. Call it an investment. Yeah. The patients are making an investment in their health. And I think that's a huge, huge shift that your team can can pick up immediately and start using. Um, I also think, like you said, using the verbal skills. I think you had said this once years ago. I remember you talking about how there we had a doctor we worked with who would take the crown and kind of put it on a nice piece of red velvet and explain to the patients exactly why this crown is is going to feel better, look better. Um, you know, it's not going to, you're not going to get recurrent decay under this crown. You're going to be able to clean it really well because patients don't know what a beautiful crown is supposed to look like, right? right. They just, they wouldn't even know if it, you know, when they're looking at the x ray, if there's a huge opening in the margin. So we need to tell them that. We need right. to explain the reason that this crown is so beautiful and is going to last so long is because I used the best lab who uses the best material. And I have that scanner where I can get pretty close to perfect match on, you know, what your prep looked like and how we're making this crown fit. Yeah. Now, please hear this. We're not telling you to put all your crowns on velvet. Like, <laughs> they, like people get caught up in the details. Like, I know right, you're right. like, all right, I'm going to put a crown on a velvet. No, that's <laughs> not the point. The point is you're going to present it. And, you know, I remember that conversation. If you've ever purchased a piece of jewelry, that's what they do. If you've ever... Lights in a jewelry store, right? They have a million lights on the ceiling so that everything sparkles from any angle that you look. Oh my gosh. And so we were, we, and we're just fresh back from vacation. I take my family to an amazing restaurant and we go to a steak place. The guy brings all of these, ste- he brings a tomahawk and it's under plastic. The tomahawk chop itself, the other guy has to hold the bone side of it almost. And my son is like, that looks like something out of Flintstones. Well, I already know. So he's describing like this chop and what like, so the point is this, they're presenting it before they sell it with a very high, he's talking about the marble and like how it's mm-hmm. going to cook. And my right. mouth is watering when I'm thinking about it right now. Cause it was, yeah. I, we didn't get that. We got something else, but it was freaking amazing. And so you want to be able to value interpret. Now, I love what you said. We're going to go back to this mindset. It's also you, you as a dentist, you have to reinforce this. The money spent on dentistry It's one of the best investments a human being could ever make. Now, I believe that. My question is, do you believe that? You and your team have to believe that money spent on dentistry is one of the most important investments. I can prove actually now with data and all the research with Beat beat the Heart Attack team. Gene, Mm -hmm. with your investment in your overall oral health, there's statistical research to show that it improves the quality length of your life. So we got to get our brains around dentistry is you got to stop thinking like it's a commodity. It is a huge value. Would you agree? 
Yeah, of course. Of course, I would agree. And, you know, you you as the dentist have to get your team to agree to that, too. And and you can look at it, too. One thing I like to show show teams is um, showing the fees and where you actually fall. So when you fall in the 40th percentile, I will ask the team, OK, so are you providing 40th percentile um, procedures and care for your patients and services? And, you know, oftentimes the, it's the answer is no, like we're giving a lot, we're doing a lot. Okay, so what percentage do you feel like you're providing, right? right. So it depends, and, and that's a good way to get the team to understand like, oh, you know, now I get it. You know, we are, we are investing in the best technology. We are using the more expensive lab, but they're, you know, we use them because they're better. And doctor did send us to that course. So, so yeah, so it is worth it. We are, we are worth 80%, 80th percentile. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even if, you know, this is a, so great to watch all of our offices go through this as they become even more insurance independent, you still have to let people know this is our full fee. And, you know, so that, uh, and as you make these changes in the future, so here's the bottom line. Be okay with telling people your full fee and understanding the value in that. Because the second you don't believe that or you apologize for, we see that too, people apologize for the, don't ever apologize for your fees. So um, these are important. Now, I want to go into a few other mechanics that we teach in our fee balancing tool. So again, if you're a client, you get to see all this. And if if you want some help, feel free to reach out. But a big piece of this too, tell us about the exercise in which we break down the fees and the three benefits and why it's so important for a team member. Right. So, um, so one of the things that I like to do is to have the, have index cards, you know, you can have 10 or 15 index cards for your top 10 or 15 codes, um, that you do charge out. Now I would take, I wouldn't do the, um, preventive codes or anything like that right away, but focus on like the higher, higher priced um, procedures, if you will. And you would just list the the code, what the procedure is and the fee on the front. And then on the back, everybody gets to brainstorm and put the top three benefits to that procedure for the patient. Um, and, And that's good because then everybody can be aligned and calibrated around what those benefits are because the patient is gonna ask. And it's up to the assistant, to the admin team member, to the hygienist, everybody to be able to clearly communicate um, across the board, these are the benefits to this procedure. Um, And the patient, it's important that they hear the same thing from each person. Um, And then you could take it one step further and put, you know, what are some of the common objectives that the patient that objections that the patient might have. And then you can list those and start to brainstorm around how will we respond to those things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's helpful to kind of put, you know, put the pin in that balloon first so that nobody's worried about it. Cause oftentimes that's, that's what happens when, when we do raise our fees, we're so afraid the patients are going to notice and what are we going to say? Um, I always like to be a, a little bit sassy and say that, you know, when the patient says, oh, you raised your fees, I, I would say, yeah, we did. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Um, doctor invested in, in this new technology that's going to make this procedure so much easier for you. He sent all of us to a course or, you know, she's investing in the best materials so that this crown feels amazing in your mouth. Um, so I think I would, I like it to just kind of 
squash it right there and say, Hey, yeah, thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah. This is so important. So if you guys are listening, like this, this exercise that Chris is talking about, remember you're a dentist, you go to all these courses, you see all this beautiful stuff. You understand the why behind some of these procedures. And then you come back and you go, Oh, it was awesome. And you go to work and your team members are like kind of left behind. You have to bring them with you. And so doing this exercise on every procedure that you do that you might consider flexible or just start with five or 10, mm -hmm. your team members in one second have to be able to look at a patient and not blink and say, right. this is a very important procedure. And they've got the equipment, which are the the benefits on the back. It's not just a crown. Now I'll give you one of my favorite, like uh, I saw an office do this, that, pl that places and restores their own implants. And on the back of the card, it didn't say, yeah, the implant is a screw. No. <laughs> one of the benefits was it is to retain the shape of this beautiful face. Do you know what I mean? Bone, and they could describe... Think about that. That's a team member that can describe what bone loss is and why the screw, it's not just a screw, it's to retain the shape of your beautiful face and you probably have 20 to 30 more years. So it goes beyond the fee. And so the other thing too, I just want to add because Chris, this is so good. The obstacles are as important, I think. And mm -hmm. we call that the bonus round, but your team members are given obstacles all the time. Like they're, and they often aren't trained with how to deal with obstacles. And if you guys know anything about obstacles, they are the path. Like when people give you obstacles, it's the path. They say mm -hmm. it's too expensive or I can't afford this. They have to be able to take that obstacle and go, Mrs. Jones, I have patients all the time that stand right in front of me and say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now I'm hearing you loud and clear, but what I want you to understand is X, Y, Z. That is a pivotal moment in your practice. And one more thing, I'm going to add this. You guys are all listening to this in podcasts and you want one thing. You want your team members to sell all the dentistry and present it, but you don't do anything to support it. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, right. think about this. What if you actually did what we're suggesting in this podcast thing and they were equipped with it. And a month from now, you somebody goes in and says, yep, they weren't going to do it, but they signed up the second I started using those cards. You'd go, wow, that was good investment. You know what I mean? So, right? Like, I, I just right. want to illustrate that team members get left behind. They don't they really do. know, you know? 100%. And, you know, doctors, like you said, I, we've we've had that happen with so many of our clients where a doctor will come back from a from a course and immediately start to try to implement some of this, but without, but not telling the team. And so, you know, and then, and then as the coach, we hear, I'm really frustrated. My team doesn't understand. I wish that they would do X, Y, Z, but, but you haven't told them you haven't sat down in a team meeting and discussed it and given them that why, you know, you're, you're, you know, the patient needs the why to accept the treatment and your team needs the why to be able to present it. So, you know, we have to give them that benefit and give them, like Kirk said, all the tools to so that they feel confident having those conversations, um, you know, because oftentimes what happens is the, the patients are not going to, um, you know, just say no to the doctor. They'll just say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then they get up to the front and that's when they say no, when they feel like they can say no to the admin team member. So let's give that admin team member 
all the tools that he or she needs to be able to have the patient overcome those objections. Um, I think it's great if a patient has an objection, I would I would call that out and say, I'm really glad that you brought that up because right. it tells me that you're you're really thinking about this procedure. So let me let me help you to understand what it is that you need to know. Brilliant. I hope you guys heard what she just said. <laughs> There's nothing better than having your team work for you in front of you. Well, actually for the benefit of the patient mostly, sure. but you get, you get where we're going with this. Now, one other thing I'll just add to what Chris said is, you know, you're, you have to do this for longevity of your practice too. There are chances where you're going to turn over team members. Now I listen to a lot of stuff in dentistry and you hear some of these reports that people stay on average less than a year in a dental practice. That is not, that is not in the practices we coach, no. but let's say you do have even turnover at three, four, five years in these roles. These new team members come in and they, they don't know your philosophy. They don't know why you do these procedures. So what we're suggesting here is a long-term, scalable, predictable process in which team members can almost onboard themselves through the help of systems you've already created, and they can be more productive earlier and more knowledgeable around this. So it's really important. Year that the team should sit down and discuss the fees. It doesn't mean you're going to raise them twice a year, but you know, get those dates on the calendar and and think about it. You know, mm-hmm. just so that everybody feels really good and understands. And just to remind ourselves too. I mean, we're humans, and human nature is that we forget. And if it's not right in front of us every day, it could be a procedure that you don't do often, and we want to bring it back out and and talk about it again. And and who do, you know, everything's changing. So in six months time, we might have some new information about it too. So, you know, it's always a benefit to go through those, um, those pieces of information with the, with the team. Um, and then this way, again, they feel up to date with everything that's happening in the industry. Absolutely. And so what Chris is suggesting is a regular system. That's what we created for our clients, just a regular tool, regular system. You can just pull it out and go to work on it every six months. Other things that are going to happen that we didn't mention in the podcast is there's going to be elements of your business that will change. Some of you will move away from PPOs and do a membership plan. So you've got to account for those elements in there. You might change procedures. You might incorporate a new technology. You might bring on another doctor. And so that's why the the regular atomic Mm -hmm. habit. I like the word atomic, you know, just a regular process of, okay, every six months we pause and see how these fees and all of these elements are playing into our business plan and you can make adjustments. And now nobody's like, well, he or she just needs the money. So they raised the fee. So it's a system, right? right? So any last thoughts you have on this, Chris, this is just such an important part of every practice. Yeah. I, I think that just knowing that especially nowadays, things things are changing, prices are going through the roof. I think patients expect it. I think we, right. we often, we get so worried about what the potential response is from a patient that we just, we freeze and we don't, we don't talk about it at all. And so we need to, we need to just really trust in ourselves, trust in our teams and do what's right for, for yourself and your practice and, and your livelihood and the profitability of the practice. So all of those things have to, has, have to go into account. 
Yeah. So just to bring this home, like what we suggested at the beginning, don't just make this up because when you make it up, you're going to freak out. Your team members are going to freak out. What we're suggesting is number one, scientific, number one, get the mindset right. Number two, scientifically understand how your fees impact your business. Number three, get some research. Number four, train your team. Number five, do it regularly, rinse and repeat, and you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. So I hope this was helpful. Chris, um, I know there's a lot, there's a lot, I mean, I could talk for two more hours on this thing. And so we've got a lot more tools coming up, but um, I'll just say this. If you guys are struggling with any of this, I know running a dental practice is not easy. That's why we're here. So feel free to reach out to us. Don't try to figure out this stuff on your own. If you struggle with it, we're here, we can, we're coaches. We can help in any way that we can. Can And it's amazing. You know, one more thing I'll just add about having an outside advisor. I can say things to your team. You can't say. Yeah. Like 100%, Chris 100%. says things to me. No, I mean that you, I freak out, but like, I know she's trying to say it and you know, it's awesome when you can just be the good person. So any thoughts you have on that, Chris? Yeah, I, I think that is huge. And I know there's so many times when I will talk to team members and it, you know, it's just like when you're with your kids, right? They hear it from mom and dad all the time. And they ignore it, but they hear it from the same exact thing from another adult, then it's like an aha moment. So the same is true for your team. Uh, <clears throat> they can hear something from you, but when they hear it from us as a best practice that we know that we've seen in other practices that we work with, they're a lot more willing to, to try it, to do it. Um, I, I, that's been my experience. And yeah. I, I think team members are awesome. And oftentimes it's the team member who really would like to raise the fees and the doctors are worried about it. So, um, but I think that, again, this has to be a total team effort. It's not something that you could even just go to your office manager or practice administrator and say, hey, just raise the fees by 5%. I still think that we need to involve the entire team because everybody needs those tools to answer those questions. Absolutely. When your team members are fearful, it's being translated verbally or non-verbally. So this is a great exercise to get everybody on the same page. So Chris, great job. Love it, love it, love it. So thank you for being on. You guys can see why she's the smart one around here. I just have to, I just have to stay in the room. So hold on a second while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practice Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I know you did, do us a favor, just hit the share button, share this with your friends. And if you would, do us a favor, just if you're loving the podcast, give us a review, a four or five star review, because this is what it does. It helps us find other people like you. We love this profession so much. We're going to keep bringing more and more value and tools so you can create a better practice and a better life. And you putting out the good word helps us help more people. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys have a great day. And until we see you guys next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Have a great day, everybody. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon.
Have a great day, everybody.